So yes, this week is about transitions from summer routine to, uh, to new fall routines. And, and one of the things that I realized this week is, is as much as I enjoy summer, I, as much as I enjoy the change of routines and the rest and all the good stuff that comes with it, that I really do need this change in seasons. Because as I look back on my summer and I see some of the good things that I got to do, I, I also realized that many of the good things that were a part of my life at other times of the year, they got set aside and got forgotten about. Case in point, you know, any sort of like focus on my diet seems to have gone out the window. I ate a lot of hot dogs and hamburgers this summer. And, uh, you know, maybe you're like me and there's a lot of food that maybe you ate when you're on vacation that you're thinking, well, Oh, that didn't like that doesn't fit the diet that normally we'd like to have or my commitment to regular exercise that that disappeared okay like you know when you have a chance to sit on the deck or go for a run deck run that's a, I even like running like you like the deck won out more times than not or my habits of reading and self-care well they just were all over the place you know the things that I know are good for me they just kind of disappeared because the rhythms of life were different now, don't get me wrong, the change of pace was not bad. It was good. There was rest. There was opportunities to do new things. But this change from summer to fall serves as a bit of a nudge to get some things back on track uh, with some things that help me be a healthier, more whole person. And I wonder, as we turn into the fall season, whether many of us will, will find ourselves rediscovering some good things that we let slip or we let slide over the summer. Maybe it's our commitment to our physical health. Maybe it has to do with our spending habits, you know, spending patterns over the summer. We were like, it's vacation, whatever goes. And now we find ourselves thinking, like, we need to get back to that budget, right? Or maybe it's in our relationships with, like, our neighbors. You know, they've been away, we've been away. These people that we live right beside, we haven't seen much. And we find ourselves thinking, we, we'd like to re-engage with these good relationships with the people who live close, close to us. You know, whatever it is, this change in seasons can be a nudge to engage or re-engage with good things that maybe have, have slid by the wayside. And one of those good things that we might need a nudge regarding is about our spiritual lives and what it means for us to engage our faith as followers of Jesus. And so over the next few weeks, this is going to be the focus of our teaching time. Now, as a church community, the reason why we exist is to help people find and follow Jesus. We call this our mission. And as we think about what it means to live out this mission, we find ourselves envisioning being, uh, ourselves being a vibrant community of followers of Jesus that serves our neighbors by meeting needs and showing love. And these two statements are, define who we are and who we want to be as a church community. And as we begin this fall season, we hope that you will, will be a part of this as we you know, get going in, in activities that maybe it's been a few years since we've done but we find ourselves having this opportunity to, to re-engage this mission and this vision. And as we, we talk about this mission and vision, we see it being expressed in, in three ways that I often call key relationships, three key relationships. And this morning, we're going to focus on one of them as we, we look at how we want to be in a growing relationship with God. We want to be in a growing relationship with God because, you know, as we are in a growing relationship with God, that enables so many other things to become real and true in our lives. Now, a good place for us to start is to say, why? You know, why should we want to be in a growing relationship with God? Now, many of us will be able to come up with answers or we know what we think the answer should be. 
But have we ever stopped to ask the question, why should we want to be in a growing relationship with God? It's a good question. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to do something different right now that makes, might make some of us shift a little bit uncomfortably because, well, we're used to our teaching time being, you know, I speak, you listen, maybe feels like I'm speaking at you at times or you're just enduring this exchange perhaps. But we're going to try to make it a little bit more interactive this morning. And I'm going to ask you to, to have conversations with the people around you for a few moments as around this, que- this, this, uh, this question. Now, for some of us, this is really out of our comfort zone, okay? Really is. Let's just name it right now. This is freaking you out. You're like, I'm never coming back to this church again. Can I just promise you this will be five minutes? I'm going to time it, okay? And if this is really, really hard, you can just look straight ahead and you can just do this quietly and reflect on it yourselves, okay? So this is also the cue to the rest of us that we don't want to really, like, push each other too hard on this. But we're going to try this for the next couple weeks as a part of our teaching time. I told you this. A bunch of you are like, okay, three weeks from now I'll come back to church because he's not, not doing this. But we know, okay, if you're not here next week, we know why. <laughs> no, we, we want to give this a try just as a way of trying to shake up how we do our teaching time and how we interact with each other. And it also helps us grow in relationship with one another when to talk about relationships with one another a bit next week. And so, if you feel comfortable doing so, would you turn to people around you, and uh, just maybe people in front of you, beside you, you don't have to cross the sanctuary, okay, please, you know, uh, and if you don't know the people around you, start by introducing yourself, and then just spend a couple minutes uh, talking about this question as you are, as you feel comfortable doing so, okay? I'll look, I'm, I'm going to start the timer right now. Okay, just so you know, you're like that way you don't have any extra talking time if you don't want it. All right, I saw some people nudge each other about this. So, all right, we'll see you in five minutes. All right, everybody. If I can have your attention back up here. I know, I know. Five more minutes. Some of you want five more minutes, and some of you are saying that was the longest five minutes of life. So, <laughs> oh wow. Well, it sounds like there was some good conversation that was happening there, even if it was, uh, you know, getting connected with some pe- people you maybe you don't know so well. We hope to be able to do that again, like we're planning on doing that in the next couple weeks again, so now you can be a little bit prepared for what is to come. Um, but as we think about what it means to be in a growing relationship with Jesus, there's a passage in John chapter 15 that I think can help us, uh, help us answer the question that we've been discussing. And I'm thinking that there's probably some good, th- good conversations that you had that might keep you thinking and might actually have you thinking about what we talk about a little bit differently than I have this week, and that's okay. But we're like at John chapter 15 this morning, and starting at verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. 
You know, the verses, these verses contain one of Jesus', Jesus most uh, more famous analogies where he uses the imagery of a vine and its branches to describe the relationship that Jesus and his followers are to have and what it means, you know, how it results in the health and the vitality of Jesus' followers. And so the first point that we're going to explore this morning is how a rich and satisfying life grows out of our relationship with Jesus. Now, as we think about this point, we, we need to keep in mind something that Jesus said earlier in John's gospel. And in John chapter 10, Jesus says that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You know, Jesus' whole purpose is to rescue humanity from patterns and values and, and, and powers that, that would result in our alienation from God and, and something that can be called death. And to instead give us a life that could be called rich and satisfying. And this is Jesus' purpose. This is what Jesus offers each and every one of us. And if we've never had the opportunity to take Jesus up on this offer, that offer is for you just as it is for anyone else. Jesus is offering us a rich and satisfying life, an abundant life that he wants for us, something that is good. And in John chapter 15, Jesus builds on this, on this image. Jesus builds on this teaching by using this image of a vine and its branches to paint a picture of how the life that Jesus wants to give his followers is imparted, is passed on to his followers. Now, in our garden this summer, we grew a lot of, a lot of good things, and most of them worked out, except for carrots. Carrots. We couldn't grow carrots this year, but a lot of other things, they worked out. Now, we don't have anything that's exactly vine-like in the sense of, hey, we grew, uh, we grew grapes. And when I think of vines, I tend to think of grapes, sometimes cucumbers and other stuff. But we, didn't, but we did grow uh, something that's sort of vine-like in terms of peas, and our tomatoes were kind of vine-like. So I'm going to use these as my illustration here. You know, at the base of these plants is a stalk. It's something that, that, that connects the, the rest of the plant to the ground through which the nutrients you know, and water and moisture flow up into. And if that stalk's not firmly connected to the ground, nothing else kind of grows or grows, grows, grows at all. It's the source of life for the rest of the plant. And coming off of this stalk in our tomato plants this year are tons of branches, just tons. We somehow grow the most insanely huge tomatoes. I don't know how. I don't even like tomatoes, can I tell you that? But we grow the biggest tomato plants ever, okay? All natural, I'm sure. But either way, we grow these tomatoes with all these tomato branches, and they have all, all these branches have tomatoes on them. Now, as we've tended our garden over the summer, you know, there have been times when we've gone through those plants, and we've realized that for one reason or another, some of those branches aren't connected to the main stalk anymore. They become damaged. They become broken. They're just kind of hanging there. And so we take those branches because they're kind of withering, and they're dying, and they aren't producing anything, and we just kind of take them off, and we throw them in the compost. But the branches that remain connected to the stalk, that can remain connected to the vine, those are the branches that flourish. Those are the branches that, that are having you know, the greatest potential for there to be good things that we can enjoy on them. And this is the image that Jesus is using to describe the relationship between Jesus and his followers. That Jesus is the source of life. And we are invited to stay connected to Jesus and to stay connected to him in order for us to flourish. That as we are connected to Jesus, the life of Jesus flows through him and into us. And he uses the phrase, remain in me, to communicate that thought. 
And so all of this to say is that rich and satisfying life, that abundant life that Jesus talks about in, in John chapter 10, is something that grows out of the relationship, our relationship to him as the vine, the source of life for Jesus' followers, as Jesus shares his life with those who remain connected to him. And this brings us to our next point this morning, that we will see good things growing out of our relationship to Jesus. And as we read through what Jesus says in John 15, there are three good things that were mentioned in this passage that come as a result of being connected and remaining in Jesus as the vine. In verse 5, Jesus talks about how those who remain in him will bear much fruit. And again, this, this you know, is fully a part of that vine and branches and plant imagery here, that the life of the, of the vine is shared with the branches, and the result is that each of these branches uh, produce, start to produce good things that express the true nature of the vine. You know, a tomato vine produces tomatoes. A grapevine produces grapes. And so too will Jesus' followers who are connected to him produce Jesus-like things. Produce good, good things will grow in us. And elsewhere in Scripture, these are called the fruits of the Spirit. And these Jesus-like things, they make life better. They are good things for us. But we've got to take that even further. They aren't just for us. Because, well, it certainly looks good for branches to have, you know, fruit on them. It looks good, for, it looks good on them. That's not the whole point. Rather, the fruit is supposed to benefit those around, you know, who gathered around that particular plant. It offers beauty to be appreciated and nourishment to those who take and eat. You know, as followers of Jesus who have good Jesus-like things growing in us because we are connected to Jesus, we are to benefit other people. That the good things that are growing in our lives aren't just for us, but it's to make the lives of other people better too. For example, when, we, uh, when, when the peace of Christ is growing in us, our lives might be, may be more, become more peaceful, will become more peaceful, but that has a positive impact on the lives of other people as that peace works its way out in relationship to others. And other people's lives are made better, too. A second good thing that, that is noted that Jesus says in this passage is that we enjoy intimacy with God. Verse 7 here, it says that if we remain in him and we remain in his teaching, then we can ask for whatever we want in prayer. Now, this is one of those passages in, in Scripture that sometimes leads us to think, hey, if I just pray the right way, then I can get whatever I want, right? And then when we don't get what we want, we th start thinking to ourselves, maybe, did I do it wrong? Like, did I, did I get the formula wrong? Or we might just give up on prayer altogether. Now, for sure, Jesus wants his followers to know that we are to pray and that prayer even changes things. But as we've talked about other times, the main point of prayer is not getting what we want. Prayer is a relational practice where we are connecting relationally with God. And the primary transformation that happens there is that we are transformed so that we become more aligned with who God is and what God cares about. And what Jesus is saying in these verses is that one of the results of our relationship with Jesus is that we are so connected with him that the ways we think, the way, the desires of our hearts, the things that we want to see changed in our world, these things become more and more in line with who God is and God's own heart. And our prayer lives reflect this. The way that we talk to God changes. Now this closeness with God, this intimacy with God changes how we go about our daily lives. It shapes how we see ourselves. 
It, it shapes how we, we understand the circumstances that we find ourselves in. It shapes how we interact with others. This intimacy with God you know, is a life-changing, life-altering experience. And it will change the way that we pray. The third thing is that we experience joy. Verse 11, Jesus talks about how one of the changes that, that happens to us as we remain in him, as we are in a growing relationship with Jesus, is that we experience joy. And the way that Jesus talks about this joy is, as, is that he is imparting, he is giving his own joy to his followers. He is his, it flows from Jesus into us in such a way that is described as being complete. He's being perfect. It is done. It's all we'd ever need. Now, whenever we talk about joy, we frequently also think about happiness, don't we? Now, while happiness and joy are connected, they are, they are distinct things, too. I mean, happiness tends to be circumstantial. It is based on the things that happen to us or what's going on around us, and it can come and it can go quite easily, whereas joy is something that is deeper. And you know what? I think most of us know joy when we see it. It's often hard to describe, but we can know joy when we see it. Joy comes from a deep connectedness to God where we know that God is for us and Jesus loves us even when things are hard. That no matter what happens, we are not outside of God's, God's, God's love. And in circumstances that are legitimately tough, we can take heart because that joy is a part of us. And that gift of joy, well, it certainly is good for us. It's something that has a, a habit of benefiting other people too. Because when we are going through a struggle and there's people, going, there's people alongside of us who are likewise going through that struggle, when we have the joy of the Lord in us, it gives us strength so that we can turn and we can see how can we help those around us when things are tough. Joy is one of the things that we experience through a growing relationship with Jesus. Now, the language that John uses, or Jesus uses in John 15, is that we are to remain in him. Now, what does that look like? What does that look like for you and for me? What does that look like? It's one thing to say it, but what does it look like? And so, this is where I think we might find ourselves feeling nudged this morning, or we might find ourselves nudged this season, as we think about some practical habits or routines that, that we might want to have as a part of our lives as we look to engage or maybe re-engage our faith this fall season. And so we're just gonna we're gonna look at three things as we as we look to conclude this morning. The first is to engage or re-engage in, in activities that invest in our relationship with Jesus. You know, any relationship that's worth having is worth an investment of ourselves, isn't it? This is why we make time to go on dates. It's why we, we put dates on the calendar to connect with friends, to catch up. It's, it's why we, we do things like family vacations, because we want to spend quality time with each other. It, any, th any relationship that is worth having involves an investment of ourselves. The same can be said of our relationship with Jesus. And so if we want these benefits of being connected to Jesus, if we want the benefits uh, that we've just talked about to be real in our lives, we need to make time to be with Jesus, to get to know him and to allow him to know us And by finding patterns of things like prayer and worship and, and reflecting on scripture. These are things that can be a part of our spiritual growth as followers of Jesus. And so perhaps the nudge that we might find ourselves feeling this morning is to engage in some of these things that are called spiritual disciplines to help grow and nurture our relationship with Jesus on a personal level. 
The second is to engage or re-engage in activities that connect us with people who know and love Jesus. Now, as much of us, as much as some of us are true introverts, you know, that can go a long time with having a conversation with somebody and feel okay about that, the reality is we know that we cannot do life alone. We need other people in our lives to encourage us, to challenge us, to, to, to teach us things, to just be there. We need other people in our lives because it makes our lives better. And we're going to talk a little bit more about relationships next week. That's one of the, one of the next key relationships. We're going to talk about that next week in terms of our church community. And again, our corn roast. Our corn roast is a part of how we practice that. And so we encourage you to be there. But one of the realities of following Jesus is that we can't do it alone and we need other people in order to be who Jesus wants us to be. And let's just name the reality that for many of us over the last couple years, meeting with other people, has, well, it's been all over the place, right? And the idea of meeting in community with other followers of Jesus, that may have taken a backseat. We lost practice, we lost routines, you know, for some good reasons, and it's taken us a bit to come back. And that, that's, that's just a reality that we are dealing with in this time and this season of life. And so maybe the, the nudge that we are feeling this morning is to, is to find ways to engage our church community, to engage other followers of Jesus in meaningful ways. And one way we do is by meeting together like we are this morning. And you know, it's very encouraging to see so many folks here this morning. It's good for, good for my heart, and I hope it's good for yours, just to hear other people singing this morning. I just stopped singing at one point because I just wanted to hear the voices of a full room. I needed that. We need these experiences together because there's something about gathering together for worship and prayer and to focus on Jesus together that helps us grow as followers of Jesus. And so maybe the nudge that you'll feel this morning is, you know, is to make this a regular part of your, your, your spiritual practices this fall season if it's gone by the wayside. The third is to engage or re-engage in investing in the lives of others. You know, so much of what we talked about so far this morning is about how it's beneficial for us, but if you've been listening, you'll see that there's, there's an outward focus to what Jesus has been talking about here. That, you know, as we ourselves are growing as followers of Jesus, that our relationship with him ought to have a positive impact on others that point other people towards Jesus as well. And with that in mind, I want us to, to invite us to be thinking about how we can be in, who we can be investing in this fall. Who we can be investing in this fall? Like, who are the people that we will be intentional about sharing the things that, that Jesus is growing in our lives with? And, you know, sometimes we can do that out loud. Sometimes we can freely talk about Jesus' things with other people we feel comfortable doing, so we've got that kind of relationship. And other times, we're going to allow what Jesus is doing in us to flow through us into that relationship more quietly. We might not, you know... You know, talk about Jesus quite as openly, but you know what we're doing? We're being intentional about letting Jesus flavor our interactions with other people so that we can have a positive Jesus-like impact on the lives of others. And the funny thing is that when we, you know, we often think that when we are interacting and serving others or we're looking to help others or we're being with others, that we're actually doing it for the sake of the other person. But I think more often than not, what we find is that we grow through that experience ourselves. It's a very reciprocal relationship, or it can be. And that we can experience Jesus in new and fresh ways because we are being intentional in our relationships with others. 
We're going to build on this next week, um, in the week after, a lot of what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks, they're intertwined, and that is kind of on purpose. That's sort of the way life works. Things often are intertwined. And so there's going to be some crossover as we continue this conversation, and next week we're really looking about, we'll be looking at, at how we can be in a growing relationship with one another, and especially as a church community. What, would that, what does that look like? And so I hope that you'll make a point of being here next week as we continue to explore this together. Please join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you again for who you are. And thank you for this church community and, Lord, just for the opportunity to, to be together, Lord, and to, and to come to your word, to come to scripture, Lord, and to hear the words of Jesus spoken to us. And so, Lord, my prayer this morning is that as we you know, go out into our week, Lord, that we would find ourselves thinking about what does it mean to remain in Jesus and how we can be intentional about this relationship that we have with him. Lord, for some of us, this relationship with Jesus, well, it's, it's, a, it's a new thing or a foreign thing. It, it, we aren't really sure what it is and what it's about, Lord. And, Lord, if that represents some of us this morning, um, would you just make yourself real this week in a really tangible way? That there would be just something about you that stands out and sticks with us. That it invites us to get to know you and to experience your life-changing nature. For others of us, Lord, we have been walking with you for a long time. We would say that we've been following Jesus for most of our lives. And yet, God, every once in a while we need a nudge to to start in a new and fresh way with you. And so, Lord, maybe if that's true for us this morning, would we heed that? Would we hear your voice inviting us to, to commit ourselves to getting to know you all over again? Lord Jesus, we are grateful for that we could be a church community that knows each other and that can grow in relationships with each other and can point others to you. Lord, would you help us to do that well? God, with whatever we've got coming our way this week, the good stuff, the stuff that we wish wasn't coming, we ask that we would just be aware of your presence. Lord, that you would give us strength and you give us wisdom where we need it. Lord, that you would give us peace when we feel overwhelmed. Lord, that we would hear your still small the still small voice of your spirit whispering to us in the moments that just seem to be too much. Lord, thank you for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen.